Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 4, Episode Number 10. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing great. The sun's finally out in Michigan. It's been soaking it up, uh, so definitely got my sunshine happies on. Absolutely. Great to have that change of weather here and just, you know, kind of lifts the mood. Have you ever played D&D outside, picnic table or anything like that? Actually, I never have, now that I think about it. Yeah, I've always been inside. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not breezy and, uh, you know, winds blowing dice around, I think that would be a lot of fun. Welcome everyone to today's podcast. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about a subject that I'll see you inside rather than outside as we discuss video games and inspiration from video games for your tabletops, for your adventures, etc. Uh, but first, announcements on the front end. Check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content, including this podcast, YouTube channel for VODs and other tutorial videos. Twitter and Instagram for content updates and some content freebies. Of course, we have Twitch for actual play live plays. And lastly is our Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support the content we create. And we have a ton of new patrons here. Uh, super awesome. Maybe off the back of May the 4th there. So big thank you to you all. We're going to give a shout out. Uh, tier 1, we have Logan and Sky. Thank you. Uh, Tegan, let us know who's at Tier 2. Big shout out uh, to our tier two sponsors. We've got Wandering Atlas, uh, who uh, took advantage of our year long subscription. Um, we've got Adcon coming back. We've got Brandon Thomas uh, Rant, I believe, uh, Justin uh, Menizzi, uh, Salty Poe, uh, and Michael as well, who took advantage of that year long subscription too. So big thank you to you guys. And then a few at tier three as well. We have Devin, Matt, Connor and another Michael. So big thank you again, yeah, to all of you and our existing subscribers. I just really appreciate everything uh, you all do and, and enjoy engaging with you uh, on the Discord. So if you're not on the Discord yet, jump in there and join us and talk about your games and other things like that. Uh, and of course, along with being a member of the Patreon, there are some benefits, uh, especially uh, those tier two and three levels, uh, including our adventures. Uh, so Tegan, we have uh, upcoming our community, community-inspired Patreon adventure coming up. So tell us a little bit about what we should expect with that. Definitely. So we're going to be mixing a couple of the suggestions together. Uh, one of them being uh, that the huts have hired you for a dangerous job where uh, it may be uh, a little different than it appears once you get on the ground and get closer to the people they've hired you to hunt down. Uh, and we're going to mix that with a couple of the other suggestions in there to hopefully have a pretty fun adventure where you get to make some good choices and decide whether credits or kind of carry out the, the wishes of your employer are the, the biggest draw for your PCs. So definitely stay tuned for that and uh, definitely see how that rolls with you and your crew when you get to bring it to the table. Yeah, looking forward to that. Always enjoy, you know, these these community inspired adventures where the, you know, you, the community out there do help create that. And this will be set within our desert locale. Uh, so this quarter of the year has all been based around that desert hex map we created. So there will be um, obviously kind of set in that area, but likely the adventure will be easily adaptable to any other situation as well. Tier three members, you will see that early next 
Tuesday, the 30th of May, and then that'll go live for all tier two members on the 6th of June. How is it already June almost? Wow. Lastly, uh, Tegan, uh, we have finale coming up for you in Invasion. Tell us about that. So we're down to our final two sessions of the Invasion Adventure. Um, we're going to be bringing that to a close, hopefully with a, a pretty good bang. Uh, so definitely make sure to come through. Uh, we're uh, adapting the last uh, adventure that we released for our Patreons, too. So definitely check that out uh, and make sure to come see it live with me and the crew. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on my Twitch channel, TNJ Gaming. Uh, we're going to be running these two back to back. So I uh, kind of one after another uh, each Tuesday. So make sure to come see the end of the invasion campaign uh, and get prepped for our, our next campaign coming up. We haven't decided on a title yet for that, but stay tuned for that as we get some more work for it. Awesome. And I was going to ask uh, any thoughts on when you're going to try and launch that uh, next chapter? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Maybe like three or four weeks afterwards. Uh, give me a little time to, to prep and take a little bit of a break in between and uh, get that one up. Awesome. Well, we will see you there for the finale episodes and then back for whatever Invasion Part 2 is. So very cool. Everyone, make sure you check that out. I believe that's everything on the front end for us. So let's talk about some video games. Uh, video games are, you know, one, just fun and, and super enjoyable. And they can be a great piece of inspiration for your tabletop. You know, this extends past uh, Star Wars games, uh, but there's going to be a lot of those that we're going to talk about here. Tegan, what are some of your favorite Star Wars video games uh, that, you know, to date that you've played? So uh, the Knights of the Old Republic games, I think are my top. Uh, I, and I'm probably going to go against the community. I like one a bit better than two. Uh, two have better gameplay, but I feel like the story for one was a little bit more of my favorite. Those are top two uh, Jedi power battles for the old PlayStation 1. Uh, that just that was a big part of my childhood, so I love that one. Uh, Empire at War for strategy games was a ton of fun. Uh, Republic Commando was really good, too. Uh, and my last big one, I'll say uh, Battlefront 2 uh, as well. Like the old school, like uh, PlayStation era, 2 era Battlefront 2 uh, was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, that one is a classic. I think Battlefront, uh, the whole Battlefront series has been fantastic. You know, the, the the new versions are fantastic as well, just for that visual upgrade, of course. But the classics, you can't go wrong. I think I had that, we had that on GameCube was the one we had. So back then, Battlefront, definitely. Empire at War, yep, uh, classic. I never played through uh, KOTOR or those. I just kind of missed the boat on those. And they're kind of rough to pick up these days. Uh, they don't work the best. So I just kind of live through them via videos or whatever. Pod racing game uh, back, I think N64 it might have been or something. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic. And then actually just the other day I was playing the original Squadrons, which I also had on N64. And then, uh, you know, I do need to give a nod to probably the first game I played, Super Nintendo, you know, the, yeah. the series, the Super Star Wars, Super Return of the Jedi. Those just, uh, just classics. Those are really good. Yeah, those are probably the first Star Wars game I played. Uh, they were uh, well. Some of them were really hard. Uh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back was like I don't know why it was so much harder compared to the other two. I never beat that one. I beat a uh, New Hope. Uh, I beat Return of the Jedi. But Empire Strikes Back, I only got on all. I never got far. <laughs> yeah, just those that that time period of video games in general. I feel like we're always, you know, just why were they so difficult and you know whatever. So funny, but. Yeah, so let's dive into this and talk about how we can pull from these games and whatnot for inspiration. Um, you know, story elements, 
but also, you know, kind of mechanics or a situation and things like that. First bullet point here though, on our notes list, I, I love this one here. And I've done this from uh, SWOTOR, but converting maps for your tabletops, video game maps to tabletops. Uh, how have you done that so far, Tegan? I don't get to do as much lately because I try to, uh, to do my own maps for streams. I, like, I don't know how all that works with copyright stuff, but uh, if, if you're doing a home game, it's perfect because a lot of times like they've already gamified the map for you usually. Uh, there'll be pieces of cover. There'll be something interesting sometimes. Uh, and you can just take it. And even if you're not good like at Photoshop, like Todd probably can do some crazy, tell you about some crazy Photoshop stuff he does. You can just take it, find a little application to put a, a grid on it for you. If you're playing a Roll20, you can just throw it into Roll20 and it'll apply a grid and you're good to go. Uh, just make sure it's sized right and the boxes fit where you want it to, which with Roll20 or the virtual tabletops aren't too hard. Uh, and you got a cool looking map uh, that took you probably about 10 minutes to mess around with. And I think what you're mentioning there is a little bit more of like almost a bird's eye view capture of the world, right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I think someone was doing that with uh, Fallen Order. Someone was just going through and doing like sky view, taking pictures of, of the landscape and whatnot, which is fantastic. Definitely a great way there. Have you ever utilized, uh, what would you call, I don't know, like UI map is the right term for that? Uh, like in, in uh, SWOTOR, where you have the maps of the area? Yeah. Those are great too for like handouts. Uh, so I've used those before for like a, like, because usually they come with cool plans like Narshada or if you're going yeah. to Coruscant, like the Quotor and some of the games have like some really cool like visual representations of them. Or even uh, this one's not a game, but if you have like the old Galaxy Encyclopedia book, but having those on hand is to show players what it looks like. Especially if you have players who may not be, or maybe like used to the movies, or may not be used to all the different locales, it can really help people kind of provide a context to it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think those some of those like blueprint maps, if you will, uh, city layouts, I think are great. Uh, and I, I've used one, I forget, I don't even know where it was in SWOTOR, but I actually pulled it and just kind of modified it for a mothership uh, RPG one shot I used because it just had a great layout for this kind of facility. And I think that's another great way is, is look at that stuff too. You know, if you need a facility or a temple or, you know, underground tunnel type thing, uh, there's probably good maps in that regard and some video games that you can pull from. And, you know, you, you might have to do, if it's going to go to battle map, you're going to have to do some lifting there. But starting with that layout, as you said, I think helps a lot. So definitely a great initial point there. 100%, because dungeon maps can be a chore to make if you're making them on your own, especially for Star Wars where you want it to feel like that facility and feel like that temple and not feel too gamified. So yeah, stealing from Tour for sure. Um, Fallen Order is pretty good to steal from too, but even some of the older, like... Um, uh, this kind of Jedi or Republic Commando style games, just kind of lifting those maps and either doctoring them or just throwing them in as like the little overall dungeon level map. Yeah, maybe some uh, pull pull the old player's guide from, uh, was it Shadows of the Empire of the N64 oh, one? Oh, yeah. That's a classic, yeah. All right. Uh, so a lot of these games have definitely had, uh, you know, some classic enemies and enemies are, are things that obviously come up a lot. Uh, once we have our maps, we need to have an encounter on those maps. So, uh, Tegan, what's been your use for video games when looking for inspiration with enemies? Well, I mean, it's because 
especially I've been playing um, a good bit of Survivor. I've had to put it down the last week uh, just due to prepping things. I want to get back into it uh, with a long weekend coming up. Man, there's like so many like bossified enemies that they've already kind of made them boss style. They give you all the cool moves and things they can do for it. Uh, if you're ever just like stuck on finding like inspiration, like even if you've got a game you're playing, play it. It doesn't have to be a Star Wars game. Uh, or even just go to YouTube and see actual plays of people going through with some of the big bosses. Uh, and it can just help you kind of stat out a monster pretty easily because you see they usually have like depending on what type of game it is, like three to five moves they use. You can kind of stat those in. Uh, they've got some different reactions to keep the players on their feet. Uh, and it's going to give you a good template for something that's going to hopefully be a little bit unique to the players uh, that you can just build without having to like, stress out too much and thinking something cool on your own. Yeah, that's you know fantastic advice. I think uh, an example for myself is uh, Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, that was my, my MMO that I played a lot. And I just had... I had this interesting kind of revelation as I was getting into tabletops and then I went back to Lotro and realizing like, this is a, you know, RPG, like understanding, you know, clicking the mouse is the same as rolling dice and all that stuff. But I was fighting an enemy and, you know, just fighting them. And then all of a sudden it threw up this defense shield and these, um, I think, I don't know, they were minions. They're more like shields or something that you had to break first to then reattack the enemy. And I was just like, that's an awesome concept, you know, have an enemy that throws something up that then they just become immune and you have to kill off these, you know, like minions or whatever. Yeah, a fantastic uh, way to to pull inspo from that and, and otherwise. So in uh, tactics, I think you said tactics, fantastic thing to look for, um, how they go about the fight and, and things like that, the circumstances that they come up. Absolutely. I like you mentioned too, like a lot of like, Pool like uh, mechanics on top of a fight you can kind of pull from the games too. Because a lot of times games won't always just be like a straight slugfest. Uh, so kind of finds an addition that you can kind of throw in to add that extra layer of challenge or just kind of immersion. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe some environmental stuff, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, all right. So moving on, how do we get inspiration for the world or the feel of uh, our campaigns is always, I think, something that as GMs, we really try to do, but it could be a challenge. You know, there's a lot going on, uh, especially with Star Wars being so, you know, expansive. What are some specific things that GMs can do to pull from video games for that? I think games are probably one of the best mediums for getting like a good inspiration for Star Wars. The movies are great. The books are phenomenal, but being able to see, hear, and kind of interact with it a little bit more uh, than some of the other mediums, I think helps you as a, especially if you're the game master, uh, get a good feel for just kind of how everything works. Um, especially in the big three that I'll probably pick on, uh, or big two, I'll say, uh, are the KOTOR, SWOTOR games, uh, and then uh, the new Jedi Fallen Order series. Uh, it just gives you like a lot of different things to give different feels of worlds that you're going to, because each of the worlds has like their own kind of culture and feel that you're on, uh, which kind of gives you some good ideas for how to make your worlds feel dissimilar or like feel different for each time they go on there with different kind of cultures and backdrops on there you can just kind of almost lift it from the series too uh to kind of give that same feel and then just different ways to just make it stand out like uh and visually for a tabletop games like i have that visual feel but in your descriptions of the visual feel just gonna have that mental image of it feel different yeah, I think that's a great point is is maybe taking notes uh, of the things you observe and, and how do you describe this stuff. I've definitely used SWOTOR in that regard, going to different places and just kind of just observing, you know, what my character sees in that game 
to then utilize that later in you know the battlefront the newer series at least uh both of them but the newer ones just because it has such an upgraded and fantastic visual representation was another one there just just running around and just again looking at the surroundings and but yeah they're just beautifully crafted and created in the video game and you can just utilize that to like how you describe uh, the way things look and how they would uh, lay out for the players things like that so yeah i think that's fantastic graphics were crisp on the new battlefront too. probably one of the, the even it's being like three or four years old now still probably one of the better like graphically done games yeah yep just beautiful absolutely since we picked up some of these kind of assets from the games you know maps and enemy inspiration things like that uh but another thing is the storylines uh, i think that's a really good one there um this of course definitely expands past star wars but uh any storylines or any games that you know are really good for this aspect what the, oh, we're gonna pick on the same two again uh kotor uh in uh jedi fallen order or jedi fallen order slash survivor are both great for because they're both um not open world, but kind of open-ish feel where they give you a lot of different side quests and main quests that you can do. Uh, and I feel like a lot of times just taking some of those side quests that come up, uh, they may just be kind of like a blurb uh, in the game, going to give you a little bit of inspiration for like, okay, let's let's pick on, um, that's a good one, uh, Survivor, uh, one of the biggest pieces, actually, no, that'll be a spoiler. Uh, we'll just say there's a lot of different things you can kill through. I don't want to spoil the game for anybody on that side, uh, but there's some interesting things you can just kind of pull out uh, and say, hey, this is a fun concept. They didn't flesh it into, because the tabletop, you're always going to have more time to flesh into it than like a game will be. So you can kind of spend more time adding more pieces to it and just utilize it as a base to make your own story. Is there anything you specifically do or suggestions? Uh, so, you know, you take side quest a you know straight out of the game right so it, it tells you what it is any thoughts on how you change that a little bit you know what would be your process so it's not an exact copy not that there's anything too wrong with that but what are some thoughts and on, on kind of switching that stuff up definitely well uh depending on kind of where you are or kind of what type of game you're designing if you're just taking like a sub quest in for your main overall storyline like you've got like your main campaign theme and storyline uh, it's usually pretty easy to twist whatever thing you've taken just by kind of adding more of your campaign theme into it. Usually the games won't be kind of a one-to-one -to, -one to your campaign. Uh, so if you're like a smuggler campaign, but you're taking something from KOTOR, you could kind of add some of the elements in there and just kind of switch some of the kind of core people in it and core kind of themes and ideas, but use like the base bone of what the quest is and make it feel completely different. Uh, for one shot, it can be a little bit harder to kind of make it your own, but even with that, you can just kind of see what you want your players to feel and experience from this quest, and then kind of go backwards from there and kind of rewrite different pieces of it. Really easy things I think you kind of touched on, but, you know, the era you're set in, that's going to drastically change the feel of things because with different eras comes different, uh, you know, different people of the world, enemies, et cetera, all that. So, yeah, definitely easy ways to do that. But again, great way to just pull. And again, it doesn't have to be Star Wars. It could be Red Dead Redemption or something. Maybe there's something in there that comes up or uh, just anything else out there I think would be great inspiration in that regard. Yeah. One thing I'll say too, if you ever need a inspiration for why your players can't bring your ship somewhere, play Jedi Survivor. It was one the, I'm not sure if the other game had it as much. I'm just paying attention to it more now because sometimes I have to look for reasons why the ship can't be there. Uh, but yeah, Jedi Survivor has so many of those different worlds while your ship has to stay behind. You have to go out and explore. Uh, a multi-million dollar game can use it. You can use it at your table. So take away and have some fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah, great point there. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit more specifically about some games and just maybe what those specific games have offered or what we like from those. Uh, what are some of those initial things that you think of? I know we've talked about a lot of them already, but diving into them a little bit more. And what, what can you, I guess from the game, what are some of the specific elements you can pull from that game? Definitely. Uh, so kind of one of the big ones, we touched on Battlefront a little bit. Uh, and the, who, those who haven't played Battlefront, uh, it's like going to be a massive battlefield. You usually have like a ton of different objectives that you're going through. Or if you're playing the campaign mode, you've got like a lot of core objectives as you're going through with either your troops or yourself to conquer the area. Uh, I think one of the biggest things you can take from Battlefront uh, is just the different objectives on top of combat. Uh, it gives you like a lot of cool different options, even just on the multiplayer modes, like different things that are going alongside with having to do battle with the enemy. Uh, and I think kind of like trying to ways to translate those into RPG elements or tabletop elements uh, could really kind of just spice up your combat a bit. I love the idea of you know trying of figuring out essentially a capture not capture the flag but uh capture what do they call it like the waypoint or i forget what they specifically call it but you know capturing an area and advancing in a tabletop you know how do you achieve that like maybe you you advance and take out some enemies uh you know something like that i think a large scale battle uh, i don't know that there's specific rules at least when within the 5e realm unless you looked at some homebrew stuff uh but uh you know bringing something like that in and and yeah, I think utilizing what is there definitely make for uh, some interesting inspiration. 100%. And um, yeah, it's got kind of, the large battlefield ones. I, I'm going to give a huge shout out to Matt Colville's, uh, what's it called? Kingdoms of Warfare. Uh, it, it tweak it pretty, I, I mean to do it myself. We could probably tweak it pretty easy to make Star Wars names for some of those units. And you could definitely apply those to a big scale battle or even just kind of make it a skill challenge too, if you don't want to do the, the whole extra add on system for it. What uh, you had done one after Spooners, what was our hunted? Uh, I think on Solace, right? Was it in? Oh, no, that was Spooners, yeah. Was it Spooners or was it hunted that we did that? That was Spooners, yeah. Okay, so that, that one, one. we, yeah, yeah, we didn't have that one. So, yeah, tell, tell us about that a little bit, how that kind of went down, because I think it kind of touches on, you know, situation here. Yeah, that was definitely kind of really battlefield S now that I think about it. Because uh, it was, um, I forgot how many sessions, probably at least four or five sessions that they uh, the group uh, managed to infiltrate Sullust and was preparing for the overall Republic invasion, trying to weaken the forces. So uh, they had different objectives, like taking out the shield generator, uh, capturing supplies, like all of these like, kind of things you do to prepare for a battlefield invasion. Uh, oh, oh, kind of some social ones too, like rallying the natives uh, and just say like, different things that had like different point totals. Uh, and I forgot how I, I forgot the question. I think I have them written down somewhere. See if I can find them. Uh, but there was like a core mechanic. Each of them had like a different point total they got. And I think we rolled a couple D100s. Uh, and then the group were able to each do something individually after the last battle to add to the point totals. And then basically that was how the overall invasion went at the end. Uh, just to kind of give that uh, kind of feel of a warfare uh, to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was a lot of fun. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a slog of we were doing intense big battles on a battlefield. It was these, it was these snapshots and things. And I think it, it worked out well. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, something, as you said, kind of uh, could have taken inspiration from that. So uh, moving on to another fantastic game, kind of short lived probably, uh, but still, I think it was good. But Squadrons, the new one, uh, the, the latest one. And then we were talking earlier about the old original one on N64 in other platforms when that one came out. But uh, lots of great inspiration you could pull from there. I was just thinking about the other day of using it for mission. We were talking about storylines and things like missions, tasks, how it works from that. 
What other use? Uh, I would assume that you're going to be looking at this for Starship use. Play Starship use, and uh, the more I play Starships, uh, I think it probably it flows better if you do like uh, everybody has their own little snub fighter uh, and rogue squad or squadrons. I should say for this one squad, as like some of the cool missions you can pull for that and keep it unique, keep it flavorful. Some cool maps too. I bet you can pull from it. Uh, as well as like art tokens too, uh, and just keep everything kind of feeling unique and players a lot of options. Uh, because we did a, I did a one shot. Actually, it's on us. Uh, so check it out on YouTube. The Rogue Squadrons one shot we did. Fortunately, the second uh, two got corrupted on Twitch, so we couldn't put that on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a lot more fun with the players each having their own ship and any kind of customizations they could pull out there uh, to be able to go about. And, and kind of have some fun with it versus sometimes being on the ship where everybody has like a different role they can do, which can be fun sometimes. But I think, I think the autonomy of starships. So when you have your own kind of snub fighter gives people a little bit more engagement, and excitement and squadrons has a lot of cool stuff you can use for inspiration for that. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, as I mentioned, I was playing the old star Wars rogue squadron game and uh, I was like the second level, uh, looks like it was rendezvous on Barkesh, but basically you were escorting a supply train. So it wasn't, wasn't even in space. It was, you know, surface level and you were there just escorting as, you know, ties would come in or something, enemies like that. And, uh, yeah, I think as like a, a thought on mission, you know, as a mission objective, I think that's fantastic where you have these other missions. It's not just a dogfight. It's, it's protecting something. You know, I think we talk about that in regular encounters, like in the ground game, you know, have those objectives and you can certainly translate that. And especially as you're saying, Tegan, if you have everyone have their own starship, I think that applies much better in those situations. So that of course, you know, is going to depend on the theme of your campaign or, or the aspect of your campaign. And if that works, but Definitely uh, good stuff there for that. Uh, lastly on our list for now is uh, the Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor series. Uh, obviously very, very, very acclaimed uh, series here. I know lots of hype has been around uh, the new one as well. Uh, what are your big takeaways from those two in regards to pulling over to tabletops? A lot of they've got a lot. Both those games have a number of boss fights, and I think those can be easily kind of translated to tabletop and statted out. You've got the Inquisitors, you've got some of the wildlife that he encounters, the big droids, and all of that. And I think those can be make perfect boss counters if you just kind of tweak them and modify them to tabletop terms. Uh, the new one, Survivor, is like a pretty open world-esque type feel too with different quests and things like that. They can really borrow a lot of inspiration from um, cool uh, different like lightsaber modifications and pieces you can use from there. Uh, there's just a lot that you can steal, especially from the latest one, uh, just to really uh, kind of provide some visual touch points that your players, especially if they played the game, may be familiar with. And I think kind of adds a little bit of extra engagement there when they have like a little background knowledge on it, uh, but still tweak it up to make it feel like your own and make it kind of flow into your tabletop story. Is there anything from that game, or we can expand it to video games in general, but um, I was going to ask about rewarding with loot and otherwise. Uh, anything that those two specifically help in that regard? You mentioned the lightsaber customizations and things. Anything that can help? I, I think that's one of the big questions that we see often from GMs is like, how much should we reward players? You know, what do we reward players, et cetera? Uh, anything that you've seen from video games that helps that? So I won't say Survivor as much because it's a little bit more cosmetic sometimes than Survivor or for the Jedi Order series. Um, the game I'll pick on KOTOR. Like, uh, can I say that I've said it before some of the other podcasts, it's 
what was it? Is it Saga or the D20 version of Star Wars in space? Uh, but basically, uh, it's got uh, it's D it's gamified, so it gives you different rewards, like different modifications for your blasters, lightsabers, different enhanced weapons, all that. Uh, you could definitely kind of take a look, quite like you go run through of Kodor and kind of see kind of how and when or what level you should be able to give out certain enhancement items. Uh, and especially the nice thing too, because Galley took a lot of inspiration from. Kotor when making uh, Star Wars 5e, uh, it lines up pretty well with the different enhancements that are available over there to the Star Wars 5e side. So you can kind of look it up and a lot of times you can be able to just do a one-to-one -one transition over for it. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great, great thing to keep in mind. Uh, it's always a struggle. You know, when do you hand stuff out? What do you hand out? So I think those having those kind of touchstones of, of uh, those points of reference are, are great. Absolutely. Anything in general, uh, video games in general, you know, stepping outside of Star Wars, we have touched on it a little bit, but anything in general that you would also talk to other people about uh, keeping in mind when they're looking to those for inspiration? Definitely. I think one of the things that sometimes can be hard to bring into tabletop realm, uh, but steel mechanics from different video games a lot of games have like fun like little extra stuff they add on to it uh that could be either fun as like a feat for rewarding players or like a fun mini game for players uh and just kind of like if you see something of those fun to game just kind of spend a few minutes and see if you can jot down some quick rules to make it a tabletop game too and see that people will uh, enjoy it as like a little break from the regular flow of their typical adventure yeah, I think that's a great one. Yeah, I love the mini game suggestion. Fantastic, you know, something that comes up. I don't know why, but you mentioned that and I immediately went to uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 when you like have to match the three symbols. Oh, I don't yeah. know why that popped in my head, but you know, just a simple like kind of slot machine type game like that. You know, how do you gamify that and, and give players, you know, just something a little extra. Maybe it's a little side quest thing that they pick up on on that. So absolutely, yeah. So my uh, my Kazia game, uh, my homebrew uh, fantasy world. We did a casino adventure, and we did a modified version of the back. But they had like the probably the most fun with just this twenty one game I came up with, which was just like dice, and they could cheat at it too. Uh, they they spent like more time than I expected on just kind of playing that, see how much credits they could or gold they could rack up in that system. Yeah, I've I've seen that myself. I really enjoy running those types of little mini games, and I feel like players have enjoyed that as well. I remember I had a, cas a casino in one uh, campaign, and had a player like just sat at the slot machine and just kept going and going. It was so funny, you know, just trying to hit, uh, and it was great, great fun little little things like that. All right, uh, any general last thoughts, Tegan, on the conversation uh, using video games for inspiration? My biggest thing is like uh, definitely feel free to borrow inspiration, uh, but also uh, games a lot of times will have like like boundaries or different things and reasons why uh, they're not railing, putting rails on, but kind of putting boundaries on where players can go. Uh, kind of sometimes what they can do. And I think Game Masters like, can take a lot of inspiration from this because uh, it's not putting the players on rails. It's kind of putting a boundary of kind of where they can go, what they can, how they can do things. Uh, and I think that allows you to kind of free up uh, or kind of really focus in on the adventure that you want to convey to the players uh, while still making it fun. If big game companies can do it, you should be able to roll it at your table too. Absolutely. You definitely have real obvious literal ones like environmental aspects. You know, you can't get past this mountain or this door is locked or et cetera. Uh, you know, but then there's probably other things that are more quest based or, you know, you need, you just need this or that. So I think that's, that's a great point. Absolutely. How can you, uh, you know, prevent players from just going off uh, when you're not ready to do that. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, everyone, uh, that will wrap up our conversation today on using video games for inspiration. Uh, if there's anything, if you have any thoughts on the topic, please let us know. What are your favorite Star Wars video games? Do you pull from video games in general for your tabletops? If so, how, you know, what have been some great moments of that? We'd love to hear about that. So uh, thank you again to all of our listeners, followers, and subscribers, Patreons. Thank you so very much. Our next episode, we are going to get back to another on-the-spot one-shot. So we do have some suggestions for that, and we can still take some suggestions. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and check the link in the description of the podcast to add some suggestions to a one-spot that we will put together on the episode and then offer to the community after the fact. So that will be our next episode uh, in a couple weeks. Otherwise... Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.